What's up, nerd geeks and gamers alike? It's your boy, Nerdy Nick, back with another episode of the N Squared Podcast. This is going to be one of those random, rare solo episodes. Uh, We've just been so busy this summer with work and things outside of the podcast that it's actually been pretty challenging to even get out one episode per week with you guys. And I just want to say I'm sorry about that. You know, life it happens. You know, we constantly say that on this show and hopefully you guys understand that and um, just appreciate the effort that we put in uh, when we can. So this will be, again, a solo episode with me. We're just going to talk about one topic this week, and that is AEW's 2023 Blood and Guts. So let's go ahead and talk about the card. So this week, AEW broadcasts Dynamite from Boston, Massachusetts at the TD Garden Arena for its titular Blood and Guts episode. If you're unfamiliar with Blood and Guts, it is, let me put it to you this way. Um, They get two wrestling rings, put them right next to each other, and put a giant cage over the rings. The two teams of five men are inside the ring, and the only way to win is by submission or um, uh, saying, I quit, basically, or I surrender. Uh, it's pretty gnarly. It is, uh, you know, it's called Blood and Guts for a reason. These shows are very brutal, weapons are are very commonplace. I don't believe there's any DQ involved or anything like that. Um, and it's really interesting. So the two teams, they don't enter all at once. It is drip fed. So you get one team going in first with one person and then another person from the opposing team will come in and the match doesn't officially start until all 10, um, wrestlers are in the cage. That is officially when the match starts. Now, during these drip feed moments, combat can take place, and it it does. It'd be foolish to just sit around and wait for your teammates to get in. No, these guys go right into into the action, into the combat. And a lot of times, wrestlers will come in with weapon in hand all ready to go. So, But before we get to that, we're going to go ahead and talk about some of the other matches that took place that evening before the main event, Blood and Guts. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break and hear from this episode's sponsor. This episode of the N Squared Podcast is brought to you by Game On Expo, Arizona's premier anime and gaming convention. This year taking place August 11th through the 13th at the Phoenix Convention Center. With guests to boot like Master Daniel Piscina, the original Johnny Cage, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Reptile, Smoke, and Noob Cybot. Also coming along, his brother Carlos Piscina, who is the original Raiden. As well as Caitlin Rodriguez Ogren, the original Kitana, Melina, and Jade. Also featuring guests like Tim Kitzrow, the voice announcer from the infamous NBA Jam. And Paul Nymeyer, the original artist for the Mortal Kombat logo. But let's not also forget our fellow brethren of content creators like Radical Reggie, John Hancock, Brett Weiss, and more. 
You also do not want to miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to meet Christopher Judge, Sonny Soljic, and Ryan Hurst, the voices of Kratos, Atreus, and Thor from God of War Ragnarok. This will be the first time at a convention they're all together. Don't want to miss out on that. Bring your copies, get them signed. So, so many more guests, just even like Steve Bloom, the voice of Spike Spiegel and Tom from Toonami, and Nolan North, infamous voice of Nathan Drake and so many others. But let's just not even talk about the guests right now. We've also got tons of exhibitors, an amazing selection of video games, comics, guidebooks, collector cards, figures, and more. Also, let's not forget the Artist Alley, where you can see so many local talents and their products. Snag them all up to decorate your game room. Again, this year, Game On Expo, August 11th through the 13th at the Phoenix Convention Center in Phoenix, Arizona. Until then, Game On! All right, and we are back. So, I should have waited to press record because now I'm going to sip some water. There we go. So the show opened up with a match that's uh, been building up for a while now. It's for the FTW Championship between Hook and um, the now recently uh, axed Jungle Boy which is now just going by Jack Perry. This match was actually pretty good. I was uh, a bit surprised um, just because normally, like, if you're unfamiliar with Hook, he's Taz's son and is billed as this just, uh, like, new age, like, badass young kid on the block. I think he was, like, 34-0 up to this point in, the, in um, AEW, and he eventually won his father's uh, title, the FTW title. And it's not necessarily a uh, officially acknowledged belt or championship uh, within AEW, but they do host the matches for it. Um, FTW title, gosh, it started like way back in the ECW days, if I remember correctly. Um, these guys were tag team partners for a while. They were considered, you know, really good friends and whatnot. And at the end of um, Jungle Boy's match at Forbidden Door, when he lost um, for the or yeah, he lost his uh, New Japan World Heavyweight Title match. Uh, he turned on Hook, and has since become one of those uh, cowardly heels, you know. And it's been real interesting because he's acting a lot like Christian Cage, <laughs> actually. So, anyways, they had this title match, and it was really good. <laughs> There was a lot of good spots in the match. Uh, one in particular was this, like, um, I want to call it like belly to belly uh, overhead suplex off of the ring apron from Hook to Jack Perry. And Hook right there probably would have won via countout, but Hook didn't want to win via countout. He wanted to win, um, you know, convincingly. The match took place. Again in the ring, and that is when Jungle Boy decided to pull some cowardly heel shenanigans. And he grabbed the FTW title and hit um, Hook with it. 
um, right after taking out the referee. Actually, no, that's all jimble jambled. My memory's going nuts right now. So what actually happened was <sighs> Hook got I forgot exactly how it happened, but the referee got I think the referee got hit with the title belt. And Hook, I can't remember what move he did, but he laid out Jungle Boy, got the visual pin. I think it was like a seven count or something like that, but the referee was out. And so Jungle Boy eventually recuperated, hit Hook with a low blow. And the referee was not paying attention to that. And then came the one, two, three. Jungle Boy won the FTW championship. So this is very interesting to see. I don't think this is going to be the end of the feud yet. I, I think it's a little too early to call on that. So I think Hook will probably have another opportunity or so. Maybe Jungle Boy will put him through a gauntlet or something like that. Because uh, I, I just don't think Jungle Boy, or excuse me, Jack Perry now, um, kind of has the cojones, you know what I mean? Because he's that cowardly type of heel. So after that match... Excuse me, I need some more water. After that match, we had the Blind Eliminator Tag Team Tournament Final between MJF and Adam Cole versus Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia. So they had some more vignettes and whatnot, you know, about like them hanging out and stuff, which were really funny. And one thing that I, I hate to admit is that I love this pairing. They are just like the absolute best charisma machines with each other. And I don't know if this was supposed to be like a short-term storyline or something like that, but they definitely need to carry this thing out for like another, at least like six weeks or something like that. Like their merch is incredible. It is a combination of um, MJF and Adam Cole's uh, slogan. So it says better than you Bay Bay on the shirts. Um, it's just great. All the vignettes are, are goofy, like just stupid fun. And there's a lot of tension because you know, eventually one of these guys is going to turn on the other. But as I've told, as I've told uh, the babe, the wife, enjoy it while it lasts because it's not going to be around for a long time. The match started off with um, a dance off, if you believe it or not. Between um, the two teams, MJF and Daniel Garcia were out there doing their thing for a little bit. And then MJF was like, you want to do a dance off? We'll do a dance off. And uh, Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia had a kind of like this uh, little uh, duet uh, routine lined up. And it was fucking hilarious, to say the least. Um, There's a spot where Sammy Guevara you know, got down and spun around and did his little like laying down with his, with his elbow pose and his leg kind of like perched up a little bit. And Daniel Garcia ran and slid his head through Sammy's legs and they were both facing the cam, the hard cam. And that, that was just great. That was just great. And then MJF came out and did a little, uh, you know, goofy uh, dance routine. And then Adam Cole got egged on to go in and join and it was just like the fucking worst thing you've ever seen. It was it was really bad. 
like really bad. Uh, the music stopped with like a record scratch. It was like, you know, and, and M. Col- or, uh, MJF is just like, no, dude, no, 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 no. All right, that's enough. Like, get back, get back. <laughs> oh, but the match, the match overall was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, eventually, MJF and Adam Cole did hit their um, double clothesline that's been teased for a while, and they ended up winning, and they are now set to face FTR for the AEW Tag Team titles. There was a moment here, though, that, you know, started to build the divide uh, between MJF and Adam Cole, where Adam Cole picked up MJF's belt and was going to hand it to him. But before he did that, he was kind of staring at it. And MJF caught that and was like, no, what are you doing? What are you doing? And he started kind of like freaking out, you know, and MJ, or, uh, Adam Cole was just like, no, 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 I was just trying to hand it to you. That's all. Just trying to hand it to you. Calm down. It's all good. Love you. You know, they kind of like hugged and because the, the crowd was like, hug it out, hug it out. And then they did. And as soon as Adam Cole turned around to face FTR as they were coming out, um, MJF dropped his smile and just kind of like did the death stare into the back of Adam Cole's head. You know, and then FTR came out and they had this, you know, shout fast back and forth. And um, crybaby Uncle Dax, you know, looked into the camera and was like, because after after this whole stare face off, whatever happened, uh, they played MJF and Adam Cole's new song, which is a combination of both of their songs mixed together. Um, Crybaby Uncle Dax looked into the camera and was like, Tony, next time you play our music, because we're the champs, and blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, shut the fuck up, you bald idiot. <laughs> Dear God. And then after that, we had a very quick, I think it might have been 90 seconds, um, match between Britt Baker and... Oh, I forgot her name. It was like something Starks or Sparks. Kayla Sparks. I want to say, was that it? I don't remember. But anyways, it was very quick. Britt Baker took care of business like that. And then it was time for the main event, Blood and Guts. It was gnarly. And I'm going to try to recount this as best I can. So bear with me. And bear with me uh, one more time while I take a sip of some water. Jeez, it wasn't really a sip. That was more of like a gulp. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, just bear with me. These solo episodes are kind of awkward because it's just me, you know. Little hit of the vape. All right, so yeah. I was really surprised by the first entrance for um, the teams because I was like, wow, we're, all, we're going there, huh? Okay, that's, well, let's do it. So, again, the way it works, two rings inside a giant, I think they said it was like 16,000 16, pound cage or something, like, or 1,600 pound, I don't remember. It was heavy. This giant you know, Hell in a Cell type structure covering both of the rings. Uh, there was a coin toss to see what team would have the advantage. 
So obviously there's going to be an advantage when you have one person trickle in after the other. Um, the first team going out will have the advantage because they'll be the first team to get another person coming in. So and it, and it would create a 2v1 scenario. So Blackpool Combat Club won the coin toss. Claudio came out first. And I was like, wow, okay, well, cool. Let's see who's going to come out on the uh, on the Golden Elite side. It was Kenny Omega. And I was like, wow, oh shit, okay. We are starting off with, the, you know, the fucking, the heavies pretty much of both teams here. Cool. Um, and it makes sense too, because I think Kenny Omega probably has like the best cardio and stamina out of the rest of the Golden Elite which is, you know, uh, Kota Ibushi, Hangman Adam Page, and Nick and Matt Jackson of the Young Bucks. And then on the Blackpool Combat um, Club side, you had John Moxley, Wheeler Yuta, Claudio Casagnoli, um, Pac, and Kanosuke Takeshita. And mind you, Pac is a hired gun, and so is uh, Kanosuke, too. So just throwing that out there. Um, so, right. They started off beating the shit out of each other. And after that, I want to say oh, Pack was the second entrant. I don't remember. I'm trying my best to remember it. But yeah. Anyways, Pack came in and I think Hangman after that came in. And then it was the Young Bucks. And then it was, I mean, respectively. And then, you know, like. John Moxley came out, Wheeler Yuta came out, and a lot of these guys on the Blackpool side brought out like chairs, like uh, Kanosuke brought a chair, Wheeler Yuta, I believe, brought a chair. Um, it was just, as you imagine, just fucking carnage. And what was hilarious is when Ibushi uh, was finally coming out, he was obviously the last man. They wanted to hold off, you know, the big, you know, reveal, because this is his first time, excuse me, in all elite wrestling land. Uh, Wheeler Yuta decided to go run out and try to attack him um, on the entrance ramp and was immediately disposed of. So let's cover the highlights. One of them being John Moxley. John Moxley is built for these types of fucking matches. Absolutely fucking devastator. You know, he was a destroyer. Uh, he was obviously the blood machine as well, just bleeding all over the place. There were some spots, too, with um, broken glass. A bag of broken glass was poured out on one of the rings. And I believe Kenny Omega got um, powerbombed on it. And a couple of the Young Bucks. I mean, pretty much everyone got some of the broken glass, which was pretty great to see. Um, another spot was um, Pack was hanging from the rafters in between the two rings. So the rings are pressed against to each other, but the aprons, you know, have make this kind of, uh, I want to say just like walking space in between both of the rings. Obviously, because you have the ring aprons that stick out just a little bit more than the ropes do, of course. Um, and there was a table set up there with, I believe, Nick Jackson or Matt Jackson. It was one of the Young Buck brothers. And they were laying on the table. And Pac was hanging probably like fucking 20 feet above this. And just swung, dropped down, 
and double foot stomped one of the Jackson brothers through the table on the ring apron. Which, if you watch What Culture's Ups and Downs, hosted by Simon Miller, you know that's the hardest part of the ring. It was fucking gnarly, <laughs> to say the least. Um, God, one of the most incredibly horrific things that I've ever seen brought out on a uh, cable nationally televised wrestling match was a bed of fucking nails that Moxley brought out. Giant bed of nails, posted it up against the corner of one of the rings, and uh, I, I hate to say it, but Kenny Omega ate it. Um, I think he just got like kicked into there or pushed into it, but holy shit, was that fucking brutal to see. And then uh, the tables turned when that got used on Moxley. Uh, Ibushi did a, was it like a Northern Light suplex or something like that? Um, with Moxley onto the bed of nails as well. It, or no, it was a shooting star press or something like that. Yeah. It was just, it was nuts. It was, it was like nobody won that because even Coda got a piece of the bed of nails. It was just nasty. It's fucking brutal, man. And then there was an amazing um, little tussle on top of the cage with, um, I want to say it was, no, it was Matt Jackson up on top with Wheeler Yuta. And this, this thing, like, like I said, it's probably like 30 feet above the ground. And they were up there just fighting, dude. And anytime that shit happens, my palms get sweaty, knees weak, you know, vomit on my sweater. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, ooh. Because any one of those dudes could fucking fall and not have the luck of mankind and live after it. You know what I mean? And um, Matt Jackson got Wheeler Yuta into the Northern Lights suplex and... He kept doing them, and they were as they were doing them, they were getting closer and closer to the edge of the ring or the, the the cage, and the crowd was like, "One more!" Because if 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 Matt Jackson did one more, he would have suplexed Wheeler Yuta off of the cage. Now, thankfully for everybody involved, that did not happen. Wheeler uh, countered out of it, and then was like, you know what? I regret coming up here. I'm going back down. <laughs> and he climbed his happy ass back down. But while Matt Jackson was up there, um, Hangman and I want to say Ibushi were, were on one of the, in one of the rings and they were about to get uh, suplexed or something. Maybe powerbombed. There was a setup coming. Um, and they were about to get uh, powerbombed, I believe it was by, um, it was Claudio and Takeshita, I want to say, maybe. Anyways, while that was happening, um, <laughs> Matt Jackson found a bag of thumbtacks while up on the roof of this structure and made it rain fucking thumbtacks. And Claudio and the other member of the Black Bull Combat Club, who I just don't remember in this spot, um, were just kind of staring up like, what the hell? And then um, they got reversed and slammed onto 
the bed of tacks, and it was just fucking gnarly. It was an all-out war. There was a part where both teams kind of did a West Side Story, you know, spot where one team was in one ring and one was in the other, and they were like, all right, here we go. We're going to charge in three, two, one, and then they all converged and fought it out. Um, eventually, there was a lot of miscommunication between um, Claudio and Pac during this match, and it came to a head where uh, I, th- I think it was Claudio was banging the shit, like just beating the shit out of uh, Kenny Omega in a corner, and um, Kenny eventually ducked, and he hit, and Claudio hit Pac, who was behind Kenny, and that was enough to make um, a very big argument, and Pac to decide, it's, you know what, fuck this, fuck you guys, I'm out. So Pac left, and then shortly after, you know, the numbers advantage was really working out for the Golden Elite, uh, Don Callis decided to pull out um, Kanosuke Takeshita, and so now it was five on three. Well, John Moxley got handcuffed to one of the ring uh, ropes. Claudio was being disposed of. And Wheeler Yuta got the worst of it. I think he took like everyone's fucking finisher. And then on top of that, Hangman got a giant chain, wrapped it around his throat twice, and then was like holding him up with this chain and Moxley had to do the uh, verbal surrender to save Wheeler Yuta. And the Golden Elite won. It was amazing. My rundown doesn't do this match any justice at all. It was it was it was amazing. I, I loved it. I think this might be this might be my favorite Blood and Guts. They've done three now, I wanna say. Um, it was just great. I give it I give it like four and three quarter star out of five. It was it was great. The storytelling was impeccable throughout the match, and it set up so many other further storylines. Now, like for instance, I'm re- I'm recording. I forgot to say this in the beginning of the podcast. I'm coming to you guys from one um, forty p.m. on July twenty first, twenty twenty three. So shortly after I'm done. Recording this, I'm going to upload it to the internets. So again, today is Ring of Honor's Super Card of Honor, I believe, or Death Before Dishonor. There's a pay-per-view for Ring of Honor today, where Pac and uh, is going to face Claudio for the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship. So that already sets that up right there. And then you've got T- um, Takeshita and Don Callis, and they're also trying to recruit Jericho as well. So it's like, what the fuck is going on with that? You know, and then you've got Ibushi now in AEW. He, I don't think he's been signed. I think he will, he likes being a uh, free agent. But yeah, yeah, I am very excited to see what's next for the Elite, the Combat Club as well. I would like to see Moxley just go away for a while. Um, the dude is a workhorse and put the company on his back for a very long time. Um, and I think he just might need a break for a bit. And I think we might need to miss his crazy. And I know if, say, he were to be gone for, a, you know, a month or whatever. Well, you know what? No, we can't do that because they've got all out or all in 
at in um in London. So well, maybe after that and all out, he can take a break because I know if he were to be gone for like two months, maybe when he would come back, there would be a huge pop. So we'll see. I am very uh, happy with this uh, this year's AEW Dynamite's blood and guts. I want to say thank you guys for listening to this very brief solo episode, this very uh, one-topic-heavy episode of the N-Squared Podcast. Um, just want to say thank you again to our sponsors over at Game On Expo. Make sure to get your tickets today. We are also running the contest as well. Listen to previous episodes for rules. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BuffNerd and on Instagram at NerdyNick underscore 91. You can also find my old YouTube channel that I don't really do anything with anymore on YouTube, uh, NerdyNick underscore 91. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, guys.